Welcome to the Top Marks Minicast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to violence. Violence. The word and the act. Violence. While violence cloaks itself in a plethora of disguises, its favorite mantle still remains. Professional wrestling. Violence devours all it touches. Its voracious appetite rarely fulfilled. Yet violence doesn't only destroy, it creates and molds as well. Molds as well. Let's examine closely then this dangerously evil creation, this new breed. But a word of caution, handle with care and don't drop your guard. This rapacious new breed prowls both alone and in packs, operating at any level, any time, anywhere, and with anybody. Who are they? Who are they? Hello everybody and welcome to the Top Marks Podcast. I'm your host, Booker TJ Sutherland, and with me this fine evening we have uh, Dynamite Dan Collicott. Evening. And Iron Man Imran Mirza. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you, hi. <laughs> Thought I'd give you a little bit of extra shine. I know, I, I needed a personal boost in many ways and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so for this week's show, as we are in Royal Rumble season... Um, thought we'd take a trip down memory lane and do a little review of, uh, I don't know if it's a classic rumble, but, uh, it's certainly a, a retro run. So we're going to be reviewing Royal Rumble from 1999, as suggested by my esteemed colleague, Mr. Collicott. Any, uh, particular reason why you chose 99, Dan? I hate to tell you this, but this is one, well, it, it's always marked up as one of the worst rumbles ever. <laughs> Is it so, really? Yeah. That, that doesn't bode well for, for whoever's <laughs> listening to this then. I, I really just wanted to get into something and see what what made it bad What in, in the opinions of so many, really. Oh, okay, cool. Well, we shall find out over the next few minutes, I guess. <laughs> so, let's get into it. WWE Royal Rumble. No chance in hell was the tagline on this one. Obviously, Vince blowing his own trumpet there. So, show opened up with a video package telling the feud between Austin and McMahon, and that was kind of the bigger theme throughout the whole um, show from pretty much from start to finish, the whole corporation versus, well, pretty much everyone else, well, everyone else in Austin. So, um, and I I had to laugh at at this video package, actually, because it started off with Vince going through his training regime. And I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but there were a couple of scenes where it showed him actually giving people stone cold stunners. Did either of you guys oh, yes, see yeah, that? Yeah, in the yeah the ring when he yeah while well, yeah. he was training in the ring and yeah, I was just like, <laughs> oh mate, what are you doing? Wasn't he like eight hundred years old back then as well? So I mean, yeah. But he must have been so, in his 50s. must have been in his late fifties, surely. Yeah, I mean, he's 17 now, so yeah, so yeah, um, in his 50s, jeez. So yeah, so let's kick off match number one with Road Dog, who was uh, the hardcore champion at the time, versus the big boss man. And uh, for some weird reason, it was a non-title match. Basically, it was just a generic opening, nothing happening match. Also, I took note of the fact that Big Boss Man was rocking the uh, Roman Reigns look before Roman Reigns with the flat jacket. He was, and the yeah, the security guard trousers, Yeah, <laughs> man ahead of his time. So, But yeah, I mean, bit of a nothing match. You know, it began pretty slowly. Road Dog doing his usual crotch chops and uh, and whatnot, basically trying to 
take the piss out of boss man boss man i think pretty much dominated most of the match though road dog had a little bit of a comeback did his little shake right and roll thing but boss man pretty much finished him off pretty quickly i think the match was about 10 minutes long and finished him off with a boss man slam not a great match i made note of here um not a lot going on. Even for an opening match at the start of a pay-per-view, you want to kind of get things going quite hot. But outside of Road Dogg's usual uh, mic work, which is always pretty good, not a lot was going on with this match. What did you guys think? Um, I thought it was really strange to see the boss man still going because if you actually think about it, um, he was dead five years later. Oh, wow, yeah. Damn. And I I just didn't realise he was still wrestling at this point. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, it really, really... What did he die of? Was it, like, heart complications or the usual type thing? Yeah, no, I don't know what he died from. I presume it, it heart failure. Yeah, potentially, yeah. How about you, Imran? What was your thoughts on this you know stellar I, showing? It was, actually, this match is the kind of, the, the, the bizarrely, the one thing that, the most prevalent thing that stuck with me for the whole thing in terms of when I look back at the rumble and no, it's the, the prevalent thought is, wow, road dog was really over. Like I knew yeah, DX, was, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. Wasn't it? Like he, I know new DX were over. I knew the outlaws were over, but people were like, he had them in the palm his of whole, his hand. His whole entrance, everyone knew the words and yeah. everyone was saying it. It was just like, yeah. But, it, but he really, over. it was, it went beyond the entrance though. Like he literally, he could have had a world title match, the, the, how over he was in that moment. It was very bizarre. I didn't, I knew he was over before, but not to, I have completely forgot how, how big it was. And I, that was kind of bizarrely, that's the one thing that stuck with me from the whole, when I've thought about this, recording this, it's like, wow, Road Dog was really over. <laughs> <laughs> and actually that kind of ties into because boss man and road dog also were in the rumble uh later on uh it ties into his performance during the rumble as well actually so mm, yeah, yeah you're right he was he was kind of a big star yeah um but, but yeah other than that it it wasn't i didn't think it was a disastrous match but it, it um you know but it was i, I thought it again strange but um, I think the fact it's it, it sort of set the tone, didn't it? The fact that it wasn't a title match and he lost. I think it, they were on their way to sort of cementing the well, the authority of like what they call the commission at this point or something. Um, Vince's stable, uh, they were sort of cementing their dominance, I think, for the night. But obviously mm-hmm. not taking the title um, was yeah. sort of a key to that. Yeah, well, uh, I think we all agree that that wasn't the best match on the show. No. It, it was very, very WWF old school wrestling, as in there oh, wasn't yeah. in particular. There, was, there was, wasn't one moment in that match that you could get that excited about because it was so flat. Hmm. Yeah, agreed. Ah, moving swiftly on, going to our second match and our first title match, uh, which was uh, Intercontinental title match between badass Billy Gunn. Did he, ch- he change his name from Mr. Ass, right? Am I, I'm not making it up. No, no, he was. Yeah. I can't remember what came first. I think it was badass and then it was, became Mr. It was Mr. Ass. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. It was okay. like an official thing or just like a, a nickname of badass. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, fine. We spent a long time talking it's about that. It's a lot of ass here, exactly. Um, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Um, so, yes, badass Billy Gunn versus the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. So, <laughs> I had to laugh at the start of this when they showed the video package uh, showing uh, ass mooning Shamrock's sister, yeah. who actually didn't look like she minded it that much. She looked like she was like, like she was loving She it. was up for it, yeah. Ken being the mad bastard that he is just wasn't really happy with that so he went on to kick Billy Gunn's ass so yeah as for the match itself uh Shamrock was doing a hell of a job kicking the crap out of Billy Gunn working his ankle for a lot of the time took him outside they did a lot of work with him like slamming him onto the floor there was a there was a great um moment where Gunn managed to stun Shamrock and then I think it was Gunn did a bulldog onto the Spanish announce desk. So the key to this match though was the referee taking a bump towards the end and the big Valboski doing a run in yeah. and dropping Shamrock and dropping Shamrock with a DDT, which you're kind of thinking, okay, yeah, this is this is gonna be the shenanigans, but by the time the referee Came around, Shamrock managed to kick out, Billy Gunn carried on working on the offensive and then went for, went for a move from the turnbuckle, but he landed on his ankle, which Shamrock had been softening up to get ready for the ankle lock. And as soon as he had his opening, he put it on and got Billy Gunn to tap out. So I actually didn't mind this match too much. I thought it was a hell of a lot better than the first match, put it that way. But yeah, and I also love when Shamrock puts on that ankle lock. His face is just the best. It's just absolutely insane. What did you think about it, Mr. Imran? Uh, no, I agree. It was it was significantly better. I think I really enjoyed, actually, when I, when I was looking at the card, because it's been a long time since I've seen a Ken Shamrock match. And I, I think his efforts have been largely sort of overlooked. I don't think he probably got the credit that he deserved in terms of the transition that he made. He was a bit... I remember when he started, it was a bit rocky, I think, adjusting to the the style. Obviously, he didn't have NXT to, to you know, to sort of to help him bed into the the style a little bit. But once he got going, he was he was really good. And he had some great matches. Uh, so he, you know, he was sort of very much a um, a trailblazer, I guess, in terms of the people that have since crossed over. But uh, no, I thought the match was cool. Again, I was quite happy to see Ken Shamrock uh in a, in a match again i'd like to check out more of his stuff from it's been years so so yeah again billy insanely over just insanely yeah. over it's crazy how how big they were yeah and a lot of that i think has to do with you know road dog road dog's mic skills i think yeah were a big factor in that as well like getting the crowd hyped up for them and yeah for sure well it was when but- dx were in in quite a good um well, they were they were fairly dominant at that point, if I remember. Yes, big time. Mm. You, you literally had you had X Pac, you had Triple H, you had Sean, and then you had those guys, and so they're all pretty over at that time. Well, Sean was well, on Sean, his hiatus Sean at that was, point; he had left. Yeah, because he was no, I think he was still around. I think he was like commissioner or something. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they made reference reference to him as like a commissioner or something, but. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't wrestling. So, sorry, Dan, you believe that was a much better match than the first one, I assume, then? 
Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Judge, judging by the text that you sent me about the first match after <laughs> you watched it. <laughs> this is true. No, um, kind of within man, as, as in you forget how good Ken Shamrock was and you also forget what um, – he, he received a really big push um, around that time. I don't know why the push didn't really go anywhere, but he was really convincing. I mean, he was kind of um, such a physical specimen, he, and he also does kind of um, fairly sociopathic mental wrestler in the ring really well. So, you know, I think his whole persona was was well-crafted, but for some reason it, it, it was unsustainable. I don't know why. I can't remember at the time why. He he never got properly into the title scene, but yeah, no, th- this match really did show that. Hmm. Cool. Okay. So, uh, match number three, European title match, Mister Gangrel, the resident WWE vampire. Yes, that theme music oh, it was dope, wasn't so it? Good. It was so good. So good. <laughs> so so good. Um, thoroughly enjoyed. Just well, actually, I can. Comp- because I, I didn't actually check what the uh, match card was before I started watching it, so I was going in completely fresh, and um, and then the music hit, and I, I genuinely popped. So I was just like, "Oh my god, yes!" <laughs> and then I remembered it's Gangrel, and I was like, "Oh wait!" Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, my my excitement levels dropped immediately, and it was Gangrel versus good old X Pack, our, our favorite porn star. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Uh, <laughs> moving swiftly on, uh, who was the at the time the European champion? So yeah, what happened to that European title belt as well? I, know. I don't know. It's um, a great question. Did, um, did it merge? No, I think it just dropped it. It just disappeared. It definitely wasn't around for that long. Nah. Yeah, it was a it was a weird one because it kind of. Yeah, it kind of—it was a really weird belt for them to have. To be honest, I'm not quite sure they brought it in, but yeah, well, especially at a time when they also had um, the hardcore championship. So you had, you know, yeah. two fairly strange belts that were. Hanging I mean, but at least, I mean, at least the hardcore championship was for a kind of specific type of match, though. Mm, true. Whereas you got the European Championship and the Intercontinental Title. Oh, I guess they didn't have the US title at that time. So, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah, a bit of a weird one. But yes, anyway. So, European Championship match. X-Pac got some of the early heat hitting Gangrel with a variety of spin kicks. X-Pac uh, then hit Gangrel with a Bronco Buster. Went up to the top rope with Gangrel fighting him and then went for a flying crossbody. But Gangrel managed to roll it into a, like a, a, a roll-up pin. And then it got really weird where Teddy Long counted three, X-Pac kicks out too late, but then Teddy Long called it as a kick out at two, which then the fans were like booing and chanting three and like you fucked up, which I thought was hilarious. And it actually reminded me just how bad a referee Teddy Long was. So yeah, that was... That was, it was so surreal. I was like, hang on, Gangrel won. <laughs> exactly. I then you realised that it was a botch and you were like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, and, and then he just tried to tried to gaslight everyone and was like, oh, no, that never happened. <laughs> just, 
carry on, carry on fighting. But as a ref, what do you um, do at that point? Because you can't stop the count. And he he hadn't untangled each other from it. They were stuck where they were. So, but as a ref, as with experience, what the hell do you do? But he carried it. Well, I think I think from stuff that I've read before, I think the refs are supposed to count it as it is. So you just yeah, you just carry on and count count three, and then if it's if you fuck it up, then you have to work out after the fact. You don't then go, oh, no, no, it was two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they, yeah, they did say fine. something about, um, I think Lawler or one of the commentators was sort of saying, oh, he didn't know which shoulders he was counting. Something like that. <laughs> oh, what, so like all yeah, four right. were down? Is that what, the, what the, oh, I missed that part. Yeah, something oh, okay, like that. Okay. It was, yeah, it, it didn't work. It was a botch. It was terrible. But yeah, so the match can continued, but pretty soon after that, X Pac did his old uh, X Factor, which is a great move, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and then managed to get the pin for real this time, an actual one, two, three. So yes, it was a short match as well. It was only like five minutes long, which was it was short, snappy, best match of the three so far. Uh, probably not. No. Like, not better than the Shamrock match, I don't Yeah, know. no, I agree. Yeah, no, definitely not. Any thoughts on that one, Imran? Uh, no, not apart from that. I just kept thinking, like, I've got T-shirts made up saying Gangrel was robbed. But apart from that, I, I thought <laughs> <laughs> he's my European champion, damn it. But um, it, it was no one. that much. <laughs> but uh, no, apart oh, from that, I, I thought it was it was all right. Um, it, was a good, it was quite fast-paced, wasn't it? Uh, I look at it, Waltman, you know, he's it's a shame things went the way they did for him because he kind of had two WWE stints where kind of the sky was his limit, you know, when he broke his one, two, three kid. And I remember mm. Brett being very vocal about how amazing he thought he was, you know, but then he left for WCW, which is fair enough. And he came back and again, he, he had a great run as X Park as well. He really did. He, um, IC champ, I think, did he get a European it was, I'm saying we're talking about European match, aren't we? Yeah. I'm sure he had IC mm. as well. I think he met, uh, he I was so, before yeah. Jeff Jarrett. They exchanged the title a couple of times, but um, yeah, he had a really great run. It's just the shame, I guess things went the way they did for him because he, it shouldn't have been a, a career. So sort of murdered with, you know, bad stuff and substance abuse and et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of that's self-inflicted, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he went, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a dick. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about it. X Pac is a dick. <laughs> Don't hold back, mate. Tell us how you really feel about it. Well, <laughs> even when I saw him in this match, I thought, oh, all, all, every time I see him now in, you know, historic flashbacks to his career, I just think what a bell end he was. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, can't, can't argue with that. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on from your favorite wrestler, Dan, on to match four with two of your other favorite wrestlers, <laughs> Miss Luna Vachon and Sable in a women's title match, a strap match, no less as well. So Shane comes, <laughs> Shane comes out to some terrible music, like obviously pre, what's his current music called? Oh, uh, Here Comes the Money. I don't. I don't even know what the music was that he came out to. No, me neither. I didn't recognise it. It had money in the lyrics, though. I seem to remember. I was like, "Oh, this is the original version of Here Comes the Money." I'm sure the lyrics on the song were "Money, Money, Money, something or other." I don't know. 
But uh, isn't that Teddy Biasi's music? Yeah, I was going to say it sounds like music. <laughs> they do have a lot, a lot of money songs, don't they? Yeah, true. Either way, it was terrible. It was not as terrible as the leather jacket that he was uh, wearing, though. He looks that like was... a twelve-year-old, doesn't he, wearing his dad's jacket? That was something special. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. So he comes out and introduces uh, the lovely Luna Vachon and then announces that Sable is unfit to compete due to a back injury. But she rocks up to the ring anyway, selling the injured back and demands to fight. So they carry, they kick off the match with Shane uh, jumping into the commentary booth, which always goes well. <laughs> um, lots of, um, so the two girls get the straps on and, Oh, wait a minute, hang on, Re- rephrase that. Um, <laughs> lots of uh, strap whips and uh, awkward attempts at moves, but nothing great overall in- during the match. Eventually, Luna wraps the strap around Sable's neck and hoists Sable onto her back. She walks around the turnbuckles, tapping three of them, not realising that Sable's doing the same from the position on her back and then just before she could tap the fourth one Luna's taken off her feet by Sable and Shane jumps onto the apron to get the referee distraction but when uh, Luna goes to tap the fourth turnbuckle it's a random well I, I think we find out later on that the woman was Tory I think it was I think it was yeah um, yeah but they just said uh, a deranged fan has attacked her again or some bullshit and then ran into the crowd <laughs> So that frees up Sable to tap the full turnbuckle and keep hold of the women's championship in the epic battle. And it was uh, first of- my note. My note on this one at the end is meh. So, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was her first defense of the title. I think she'd only just won it. Is that right? Oh, really? Uh, uh, that could be right. Actually, yeah. Truly weird match, though. I mean, this, was- this is a classic example of Attitude Era at its probably its worst. I think. Yeah. And do you know what the funny thing is? Like this, I think this whole match is a, a, sorry, this whole pay-per-view. Because I mean, the whole thing was only like two hours and 45 minutes, something like that long, which I beg for nowadays. But it was a real insight into the good, the really good and the really bad of the Attitude Era. Yeah. In terms of like the next match was brilliant but like everything preceding that was pretty shit <laughs> and you know everything else everything that didn't have the rock or steve austin in it was garbage for the most part i think um but yeah any other thoughts on the women's title match i like the finish i don't know if any of the the men's strap matches had ever done that i'm sure they have but in terms of the person thinking that they're winning and then the other person is actually tagging it from behind. I thought that was quite clever, but I'm pretty sure some of their men's strap matches did that. I kind of liked that. But other than that, I mean, does anyone know much about Sable in terms of, she didn't train as a wrestler, did she? No, I think she was just a model and Vince was like, she's blonde, she's got big boobs, put her in there. I remember on Austin's podcast, he talked about Mark Merrow, who is unfortunately, I, I, I don't have this opinion of him, um, but in terms of when I used when I was watching Attitude Era stuff and watching Mark Mero, and but everyone apparently was quite open about how bad he was, and I don't get that from watching his matches. I honestly don't. But I know Foley and um, 
Austin were two people that were just not fans of his ability in the ring at all. And there was this moment when Sable on, on, you know, during the attitude, attitude era broke away from him and she power bombs him in the ring. She literally kicks him in the, in the, in the stomach and then literally power bombs him. And Austin said on his podcast, all the guys backstage were laughing and I think Austin had to face Mark Merrow the following week. And Austin said to Vince, screw that. No one's touching him now. You've killed him. And I don't know where his career went from that moment. But once Sable well, That's the really thing you need to know. Yeah, it? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, right. it was an unusual thing. Credit to him for agreeing with it. Well, it was his wife. He can't say no. But um, the idea uh, of like, yeah. just being powerbombed square in the middle, you know, that's, that was a, yeah, apparently a tough um, thing for them to move on from, apparently. Well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's the kind of kind of a quick way to kill off anyone's credibility, yeah, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, so. but there you go. Right. But no, other than that, fair enough. Cool. Next up, we had a what I, th- I thought was a really good video package for the Rock versus Mankind I Quit match. They had like loads of like cuts of Mick Foley getting basically just getting the shit kicked out of him. But yeah, it, it, it's I find it and through watching this match as well, which was uncomfortable in quite a few parts, I've it made me kind of realise that I watched a lot of this stuff. I, I don't know. It, looking back in hindsight, you kind of go, why were they taking like unprotected chair shots to the head yeah. and doing all this crazy stuff? But then at the same time, you watched it at the time, you thought it was crazy, but you didn't really bat an eyelid to it. I I, I don't know. It's yeah, it's a bit a bit mental. But they, um They even said afterwards, didn't they? Um well, Foley said that uh The Rock went completely off script with those headshots. As in that that, that genuinely wasn't it meant to have escalated to the level mm. it did. It was supposed to it be. Was it was apparently supposed to be five shots, and it ended up being eleven because by the fifth, uh, they weren't where they were supposed to be, mm. and they just continued. And I'm a I'm just I'm a big down. fan of rock. I'm a big fan of Dwayne, but it's it's sort of it's the it's the one thing I've always looked at him a bit side eye at. And apparently, after the match, Rock didn't go to see him. And I thought you just pelted him 11 times in the face with that chair and he didn't go to see him afterwards. Isn't that, that's insane. Yeah. That always rubbed me up the wrong way with him. But um, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. So match number five, WWF title match for uh, an, an I quit match between the rock and mankind. For some weird reason as well, the rock was um, wrestling fully clothed. Which I think is the only time I've seen him do that. No, he he had a phase where he did that in that wearing the tracksuit. I, I I don't know why ah, he ever okay. did it, but it it was a phase he did that for quite a while. But I don't know why. Yeah, okay. Well, this was heel rock, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is, and this that was the other thing as well. It's like I I completely forgot that he was corporate rock for a while, doing a corporate elbow. Um, yeah. 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 So yeah. So. Mankind got in some of the early offense, grabbed the mic early and went to uh, ask Rock the question of, you know, 
does he want to quit? But then the microphone wasn't switched on. So there was a really awkward bit where he's trying to switch it on and then testing it and then pass it to the ref and was like, can you get this work, please? So that kind of was uh, a bit weird at the start. Rock insulted him over the microphone several times, which got a giggle out of me. Lots of back and forth in the early stages. Rock clotheslined uh, Mankind over the announce table. Go back into the ring. Mankind puts on a mandible claw and makes Rock pass out, which I thought was a little bit stupid considering you were trying to get him to speak at some point. <laughs> anyway, Mankind takes Rock out of the ring, brawl to the crowd. I thought a kid was going to get killed here because there was a kid standing right next to him as they were throwing punches. And more back and forth. There was a really comical bit as well where the Rock got the ring bell and dinged it right next to his head. I thought that was that was quite oh, funny. It was amazing, because you kept thinking <laughs> he was going to hit him over the head with the ring. With it, yeah, and he just dinged it. Dinged and, it. He, and, and then Foley sold it so well as well. Yeah. Oh, it's so yes. loud. It's so loud. <laughs> it's like, all right, mate, calm down. So uh, then they climb up to, onto the top of the Spanish announced table. Rock tries to give him a rock bottom, but <laughs> considering you've got two really big dudes on that top of that table... Table broke before you even got the move out. So it was weird the way the table gave way before they could even get up properly onto it. I was like, what? Yeah. Well, uh, well, I think they got like he got in position to do the move. And because of the way he does the move, like he has to, like all of his force goes through his legs. So you basically kick like straight down. So all your power is going straight down. So if this, hey, it's, because they gimmick those tables, don't they, so that they break easily? Yeah. So the moment you've got two big dudes up there and you put any sort of force on that table, it's it's going to give way. So I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I know he'd done that rock bottom move on the table to people before and it worked, but not that day, I guess. So um, match continues. They move up the walkway, start brawling around a technical area. Rock hits him with a awesome DDT on the concrete as well. Mankind keeps refusing to quit. Rock brings a ladder into it, takes him out of the ladder. Mankind still refusing to quit. Rock, for some reason, then sets the ladder up and climbs up onto that balcony part, which I thought was a bit weird. Not quite sure if he was trying to escape or if he was going to jump down. I don't, I don't know. It was very, very odd. But they start fighting on this balcony area. Then Mankind hits him with a low blow. Then... Sorry, Rock hits Mankind with a low blow. Then he climbs over the barrier, runs up the stairs and does an awesome running punch and knocks Mankind into the this so-called electrical hub. That powers the whole building. Causes the, <laughs> which, yeah, we, yeah, this one section powers the whole building. So And all the pyro, <laughs> pyrotechnics go off. Yeah, all the pyro goes off and Shane then comes out and decides to get involved because now this has gone too far, apparently. It always makes me laugh when they do stuff like that. When they're like, you can hear the announcers going, Oh my God, stop the match. This is, this is barbaric. It's like, really? You guys have done a lot worse shit than this over the years. So, um, which funny enough is about to come up. So Shane comes out to try and stop the match. Rock, uh, demands that mankind quits. That he drags mankind back into the match and then he, um, handcuffs mankind. Mankind manages to make a little bit of a comeback. But then uh, Rock recovers and clotheslines Mankind to the floor, puts a chair on his face, drops a corporate elbow. Rock asks him if he wants to quit and and 
mankind tells him to go to hell and then rock pretty much tries to send him there by just waffling him with i think initially it was like five chair shots he hit him with i counted and and then he says oh they'll have to kill him first and then he hits him with like another five chair shot it was just yeah it was just savage and then they did the whole thing with the recorded so rock goes to ask him if he wants to quit and then they play a recording of mankind basically saying i quit over the speakers in the arena um and that was it match is over rock wins the title um your thoughts Imran, you go first. Uh, i thought it was a stunning match i think these are two guys with just really exceptional chemistry they had a long series of matches um and i thought this was this was just electric. Uh, I thought, I know Tej, you're not a fan of the elbow, but on that chair, it looked brutal. Um, yeah, I, I agree I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I, as soon as the handcuffs came out, I shuddered. And then when he got the chair, I hmm. forwarded the, <laughs> I forwarded to the, to the end. Oh, wow. Because I, I remember vividly yeah. watching it first time round and just thinking that that's, that's probably the one of the most, probably the, the most uncomfortable thing I ever watched uh, in wrestling. And, um, I have no desire to sit through that again. That was horrific. And, uh, but other than that, just a really exceptional match. And those, those guys, I, I think guys like Rock and I think guys like Hunter really owe a lot to what Foley did for them in terms of just their credibility and just great matches because, um, they did have a great run. And as a lot of their people's best work that you could argue was with Foley, particularly in that era. And I thought it was a great match. Mr. C. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with him, man. I, I had forgotten that this match was in this rumble and I'd also forgotten how damn good it was. Mm. And it, it made me wish that some of the the big feuds in um, today's pay-per-views were as good as this because, um, you know, th- this isn't, this isn't often called out as uh, one of the all time classics, but I think it, it, it could be. Because it's that good. The as Imran said, the chemistry is amazing. You're so sold on the the absolute brutality of the feud and everything that's going on outside the ring. I mean, if for one example, if you talk about um, recently when we had the abomination of Triple H <laughs> and Undertaker flailing around outside the ring. Like, like, well, like, well, they are basically a bunch of old men, and, it, and you compare that to this. And I know that's that's grossly unfair for a million different reasons, but you just kind of think, oh my god, this, this. I don't think I've ever even really seen this with uh, Brock or Reigns or Strowman. This level of of completeness in a fight is so rare nowadays. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah agreed. Um, easily best match in the card. Like, you know, echo you guys. Chemistry was incredible. Absolute. I mean, I was going to say absolute credit to Foley for, you know, doing what he did in that match. But at the same time, it's part of me that's like, dude, yeah, mm. he's just doing things you yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just... It, there's a level of like respect for what he did, but also like you're an idiot for doing that because you know it's it's yeah. I mean, even 
you know, there, there's, there's some people use the excuse of, oh, well, they didn't know about concussions back then and blah, 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 blah. It's like you're smashing someone in the head with a steel chair. I know. You know, you know you what pain not, feels like. How can I you mean, not know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, your brain's in there. It's not that hard to understand that some shit, you know, you can't keep doing that shit and expect it not to do some sort of lasting damage. So, But you look at so, today, and I know obviously we're in the PG era, but or the banter era as they call it now. Hmm. But the thing is, you, you look at how they position chair shots. It's always over the back. Uh, they might do it, you know, uh, a, a dig to the ribs. Hmm. Uh, you you rarely ever see a chair shot go above, uh, you know, above the shoulders. And, and if well, they you, do, you don't, yeah, yeah you, and anything like that that does happen, it, the, the setup for it is so careful. And to make sure that um, the the wrestler who's take taking the chair, you know, have have their arms or, or whatever part of their body necessary in the way, so that they're they're selling it, but they're not actually receiving it. Yeah, there's not any lasting damage. No. Yeah, so brutal match, um, but also an excellent one. So there you go. Okay, so. Final match of the pay-per-view. Austin and Vince starting at numbers one and two. Vince comes out looking ridiculous, uh, oiled and pumped up as only Vince McMahon could be, puffing out his chest like, I don't know what, he just looked utterly ridiculous. Can I tell you quickly what he reminded me of? (laughs) Go for it. Jinder Mahal, he's got the same (laughs) saggy nipples. <laughs> yep. That's as specific as it gets. <laughs> oh, wow. Good call. Very, very good call. Um, so, match kicks off. Stone Cold starts beating the shit out of Vince, obviously. And do you know what? Say what you want about Vince, but he, back then in his rivalry with Austin, he would take. He would get his ass kicked on a regular he took basis. A sweet chair he knew, shot to the head. He was as good well. for business. Yeah, it was oh, a man, clean yeah. as anything. He knew it was good for business, so you know he was willing to take his bumps just as much as anyone else. So fair play to him for that. Number three uh, was Golga, who I have no idea who he was. He was my pick to win, man. What are you um, talking about? <laughs> <laughs> The, the legendary Golga, yeah. The dude that's just some fat dude in an orange mask, yeah? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that's and exactly it. it. And, and I'm sure King or whoever said that this was his debut, and it was like, what the <laughs> hell? I, yeah, I, I don't think I recall m- many of his matches. Can I can I completely shock your world? Do you know who Golga was? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Earthquake. Who? Yeah. Oh, no, he's oh, too small. It really? was Earthquake. How do you not know that? Really? I thought that was a well known thing. That was Earthquake. Oh, damn. You've seen a lot of his matches. Oh, God, <laughs> God. Yeah. Well, I think um, moving swiftly on. <laughs> so, yeah, Earthquake slash Golga comes out number three, attacks Stone Cold, but gets turfed out quickly, unsurprisingly. And then Vince tries to make a run for it with Stone Cold hot pursuit and they fight up through the crowd out into the lobby um and stone cold gets attacked by a corporation goons obviously didn't see that one coming 
while this is happening, a couple of weird things happen. So Droz, who I completely forgot about, who was part of the Legion of Doom at that time, right? Yeah. he came out to lead the Legion of yeah, Doom with music. Yeah, he, he did, yeah. I think, yeah. Was it Animal had his um, issues Hawk. with alcohol? It was Hawk. Um, Hawk had, yeah. Oh, sorry, Hawk. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hawk. So Hawk left the Legion of Doom and Droz took his place. I could no, be no, wrong. That was it. Something yeah. weird. Yeah, no, definitely. Because I heard the Legion do music and I was expecting Animal to come out and then Joss was there and I was like, oh, I completely forgot he was uh, he was in that crew. So obviously with Vince and Stone Cold fighting out in the lobby, lobby, he's just kind of standing there with nothing to do for a while. So that was super awkward. And then Edge comes out at number five to start fighting for a little while until Gilbert came in at number six. Uh, <laughs> the, best, so the best entrance ever so the little sparklers on either side of him it was so cute <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he comes in and does a little pose and then gets dumped out by Edge straight away so that was sweet the camera cuts back to Austin getting uh, pubbled in the bathroom and then actually I think he gets taken out completely so he's absolutely buggered and gets taken off in an ambulance not knowledge no, no. <laughs> He may well have been. We were watching Gilbert coming in, so at that point, he may have been getting buggered by Vince McMahon himself. We we will never know. (laughs) So, Jaws and Edge are having a little scrap in the ring when Steve Blackman comes in at number seven. Dan Severn comes in at number eight. Again, another one who I don't know who he was. But apparently he was feuding with Steve Blackman because he went straight for him and they started getting into it. Tagarelli Singh came in at number nine. <laughs> Some of these names. <laughs> with, 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 uh, so they five of them now brawling in the ring. Blue Meanie came in at number 10. Good old Blue Meanie. Oh, incredible. <laughs> six of them now. Six superstars <laughs> battling it out in the ring. Buzzer goes off for number 11 uh, for someone to come out, but no one does. And then the camera cuts to the back and shows Mabel pre-Viscera that he's wearing the world's biggest waistcoat as well. <laughs> Kicking Who's the shit. Beating up? Who's he beating up? To stop it was a headbagger Mosh. Oh, man. Yeah. So your choice was Mabel or Mosh. Which one would you have gone for? Oh. <laughs> Mabel. <laughs> don't, all, don't all jump on it, guys. Come on. Mabel. Wow. Okay. So, well, fortunately enough, Mabel uh, beats the shit out of Mosh and then um, takes his place in the Rumble. So Mabel came in and cleaned house, basically, throughout Severin, Blackman, Singh, uh, Blue Meanie and Droz uh, in the space of like two minutes. So, yeah, he, he was... He, Vince was a big fan of his as well, I think. Not quite sure why, but, well, I guess he's big, so... That's Vince, well, he isn't was it? in quite a few uh, main events, if I remember, yeah. around that time. For yeah, he, he got he got a hell of a push after he was in that tag team with um, men on a uh, mission. Men, men on a mission. That was one. Thank you for that horrifying memory. <laughs> um, so uh, Road Dog comes in at number twelve, takes out Edge, uh, face off against Mabel, but then the lights go out and Undertaker's music hits. And when the lights come back on, Acolytes are kicking the shit out of him, force him up the rope. I think, I don't know that he actually went over the top rope. So technically, I think he's still in the Raw Rumble from 1999. <laughs> so I don't think he was ever eliminated. He, might, he must have gone over. I think that's one of the rules that they, they have to. I think, 
I, see, I think they, I don't know, did they pull him over the ropes? It, I don't think they did. I think he went under. Mm-hmm. Mm. But anyway. Gangrel um, and Mabel so, were robbed. <laughs> <laughs> Gangrel, just Gangrel in the front and exactly. Mabel in the back. Does hurt. <laughs> That's money right there, baby. So the Acolytes force went the wrong way. Takers up there looking all Lord of Darkness and weird. And then they drag him out to the back, kicking his ass along the way, which is good fun. Gangrel then comes out at number 13, but gets tossed out by Road Dog pretty quickly. Buzzer goes off and again, and Kurgan comes in at number 14. Do not remember that dude at all. But he was huge. <laughs> it was huge. And he was dressed like they just sort of got him out of a doctor's waiting room. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a weird character. I do. And wasn't he, he, they kept on saying like he was part of the oddities. Yeah, there was like, like a, a stable remember. of well, oddities. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if, um, Golga was a part of that. I can't remember, but I think he might have been. Um, mm. yeah. Was Blue Meanie one of them? I don't think he was. Uh, that's, that's, that sound. Yeah. They should have been. <laughs> All three of them should have been. <laughs> they should have been. Just weird motherfuckers. So yes, Mr. Kurgan from the Oddities, that famous stable, uh, came in at 14. Al Snow, minus head, comes in at 15, but gets dumped out pretty quickly. Goldust, good old Goldust, came in at number 16, followed by the Godfather at 17 with his little hoe train, which is... That was shocking, I couldn't believe that. Hoes, yeah, that, is, that took me back, jeez. Well, there are only two hoes, so I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe it was a mini hoe train. They were high quality hoes, though. So. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Someone was paying attention. I think I woke up at this point. I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Kane follows them in at number 18 and then proceeds to clean house. There seems to be a, there's a pattern with Royal Rumbles, isn't there, where you get someone big comes in and just like cleans house and just gets like four or five eliminations in. Quick succession because Kane took out Road Dog, Kurgan, Godfather, and Chokeslam Goldust over the top rope. And then for some reason, I don't remember, maybe I do remember this angle. He then gets accosted by a bunch of hospital orderlies trying to take him to a mental hospital. But I don't recall I have, yeah. why I have that no would have happened. No recollection of that at all, but that was hilarious. Yeah, I don't know what that was either. Yeah, it was very weird. And then he eliminated himself because he jumped over the top rope to chase them down. It was it was all a bit weird. I have to make a point uh, that this is the only Royal Rumble I've seen where there was so many self-eliminations. Right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Um, or just people getting just seen. like just just leaving the Rumble for not an elimination. Like this whole time, Vince has just disappeared. Or actually, I think he. Come back to commentary at some point as well, which is probably yeah. further down in my notes. But yeah, he did, did come and sit on commentary. But yes, yeah. So where are we? So yes, Shamrock in at number nineteen. Oh, only two left to go. So, Ten left to go. Sorry, and Vince returns and <laughs> steps aside. Oh yeah, I remember this. So Vince comes back at the same time Shamrock's music hits, and he's in the ring, and he just goes, "Nope," steps out and joins the commentary booth. <laughs> But technically still part of the Rumble. So very, very true move by Mr. McMahon. Billy Gunn in at number 20. 
missing a shoe for some weird reason. <laughs> because his reason. ankle hurt. That's what you do. You take your shoe off when you... <laughs> but then, but, then, but, that, but that makes zero sense because you put support on it and then you put a boot on it to make sure it doesn't get the... I show you, I don't it, think... Which is what... Which, which is exactly what happened because Shamrock kicked the shit. I did example. burst into laughter at that entrance though. It was like that, like the longest hop skip, the fastest hop skip I've ever seen. And I thought, dude, you should always go with the broken ankle. You're faster than I've ever seen you. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> so weird. 21 was test. Oh. And then the camera cut to the back to show the acolytes throwing Mabel's big ass into the back of a hearse. And I'm guessing this was because he was going to be sacrificed. They were saying, and I'm guessing this is when he became viscera because yeah. uh, he became part of the acolytes. Yeah. And then during that same camera shot, an ambulance comes into view. The sirens blaring, stone cold at the wheel. Vince looking very concerned on the uh, commentary booth. Buzzer goes off, and Bossman comes in at 22. Austin hits the ring at the same time and chases Vince, but he manages to slip out of the way and. Stone Cold then gets into it with uh, Bossman and Shamrock, but Stone Cold manages to toss Shamrock out of the ring. Triple H comes in at 23. Austin nearly kills Billy Gunn with a clothesline. Did either of you see this? I think I missed that one. No, I don't know. <laughs> I think I missed that. Val Venus comes in at 24. Um, and Austin <laughs> steps on Billy Gunn's toes and tosses him over the top rope. So you're kind of asking for that, really. X-Pac, your favourites, comes in at number 25. Mark Henry comes in at number 26. Jeff Jarrett in at 27. D'Lo Brown, wagging his head like a lunatic, comes in at number 28. And uh, Austin tosses Test out, and then Bossman tosses X-Pac out. Jeff Jarrett gets uh, Luthes press from Stone Cold and then gets tossed out by Triple H. Owen Hart in at 29. Stone Cold steps out of the ring to grab a drink of water and tosses the, <laughs> tosses the jug in Vince's face, which I thought was quite fun. And then the final entrant is the lovely China in at number 30, who goes straight for Mark Henry and tosses him out amazingly, which um, I was quite yeah, flabbergasted by. You missed Mark Henry. Uh, no, Mark Henry was at 26. He was, was between... Yeah, between X Pac and Jeff Jarrett. Oh, okay. His entrance was very unremarkable, which is why you probably like. Well, the, yeah. the thing, the, the only comment I wanted to make about him is I didn't realize that the whole sexual chocolate thing <laughs> came from this era, you know, because it, it came up a while ago when he had a really meaningless feud with Big Show when they were tag teaming together. But yeah, I didn't realize sexual chocolate, um, you know. Yeah, because that was when he was shagging uh, May Young, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh. It's quite an explicit way of saying <laughs> it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That oh. happened. This when she famously gave anyway, birth yeah. to a hand <laughs> as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. See, I wasn't going to go there, but yeah, that happened as well. So anyway, as you're saying, China tosses uh, Mark Henry. China tosses uh, Mark Henry over the top rope and then she gets waffled by Austin and clotheslined out. So thanks for coming, China. Triple H tosses out Val Venus. Austin hits Triple H with a stunner and then clotheslines him over the top rope. 
Owen Hart charges at Austin in the corner, but Austin ducks under and throws Owen over the top rope, leaving Vince, who's still on the commentary booth, bizarrely, Bossman, and D'Lo Brown as the final four. Bossman takes down Austin. D'Lo hits him with a frog splash and is busy celebrating when Bossman throws him over the top rope. Austin recovers to give Bossman a stunner, followed by a clothesline to eliminate him from the rumble, leaving Austin and Vince as the final two. Austin then makes a beeline for Vince and attacks him over the announcer's table and they brawl into the crowd. Austin throws him back into, uh, throws him back inside and waffles him with a chair, as you mentioned earlier, Imran. He took that like a champ and then throws Vince back into the ring to finish the job, but Vince hits him with a low blow. Vince then recovers, uh, oh, sorry, Austin recovers, hits him with a stunner, followed by, um, an elbow drop off the top rope. And then the rock comes down to ringside and, uh, starts to taunt Austin for the distraction. Vince sneaks in behind him, tosses Austin out to become the winner of the 1999 Royal Rumble. And uh, he goes on to celebrate with a few beers. What are your thoughts of that hot mess of a rumble? <laughs> God. Where to begin? Um, I, I will say that the funniest thing about the Rumble was every other aspect of it, maybe apart from the whole um, uh, Undertaker and Mabel becoming Viscera thing that was a, a lead into that. But everything else was just it, it meaningless. Like all, all the actual feuds within the Rumble or the, the fighting that was going on was, was just filler. Yeah. Um, around the whole the main McMahon and um, Stone Cold story and spots. You mean, you mean in the Rumble itself? In the Rumble itself, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah, you, you kind of felt like, I, I don't know, I've never been less invested in anyone in the Rumble because there weren't, I mean, obviously we don't, we don't know what the feuds were at, at that time, what were the things that were particularly significant that was going on but you just didn't there was no heat there was no no one was 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 teaming up with with each other to to eliminate other people there were you know there weren't really any factions there wasn't any i don't know it was just such a nothing match apart he, from the, he suggested you suggesting the steve blackman dan seven <laughs> feud wasn't high on your radar at the time is that, is that what you're trying to say <laughs> You wouldn't have, if um, if they hadn't have mentioned it. You wouldn't particularly have been convinced because it didn't ha- it didn't go for long. Whatever, whatever was supposed to be happening. Yeah, Mr. Imran, what are your thoughts I, on the? I thought uh, it was. I don't know. I mean, rumble. I'd have to check like other rumbles, but it felt like the most overproduced rumble. Like I, I, you know, lots of rumbles have specific moments that happen in them but i don't remember this much in terms of you got you know austin and in getting attacked in the the bathroom ups you know at the top of the arena was one then mabel attacking marsh and then mabel being attacked by the uh the um by undertaker and his lot then you've got the weird cane bit 
Do you know what I mean? Then you've got Austin mm. and, uh, and yeah. uh, the, the ambulance returning. Then you've got McMahon coming back. And, you know, it was sort of so overproduced. You could almost des- describe it like a story. Most of the rumbles you can't really describe as a story. But this was kind of, it was, yeah. it was, yeah, it was crazy. And I was trying to watch it. I agree, actually. I, I think Dan was really spot on with, with what he said in terms of everything was really revolving around austin events and i was watching it i knew who'd win but i was watching it and thinking who like going into this could who was a contender who was on you know who else could you have cited as genuinely having a chance of winning and i have absolutely no one do you know me apart from golga there was there wasn't really anyone else (laughs) there wasn't anyone else maybe hunter maybe hunter but they, I couldn't think of anyone else other than, say, Austin, that had a shot of winning that Rumble. Do you know what I mean? Well, well maybe. I mean, the only other one I was kind of thinking at the time when I was watching it was maybe Owen Hart, but he did nothing. No, it not was at all. really strange. I thought they would have given him uh, a bigger role in that because he came in quite near the end. Yeah, he, yeah I, I was, was trying to remember where Owen was at this point. He... He, this was after the he nation was, um, that he, when he joined the nation, isn't it? This was, I think, after because Rock has left yeah. the nation at this point. So yeah, yes, so he was. Yeah, yeah. He I guess he was kind of so. He was kind of yeah. He was floundering for a little while because he was wearing that kind of weird yeah. hazmat tight design thing, which which was a. I can't even remember what the what the his whole gimmick was at that at that point. So yeah, bit yeah, of a weird but, one. I mean, but also wasn't the. Uh, in order to win the Rumble, well, the, the prize at the end of the Rumble wasn't a title shot. It was 100K, no, wasn't the, it? Was that it? Oh, uh, no, no. To, so the, the winner would would get a title shot, but the there was a bounty on Stone Cold's head. So whoever, oh, elimi- whoever eliminated Stone Cold was going to get 100, 100 grand. Which right, three quarters right. of the roster didn't seem to know or care about. You would have thought people would have gone straight for right. him. I mean, if you put that in there, you'd have to highlight that in the match but you just see people not not really caring or, about that at all yeah or you or you get a thing where okay you don't want to you still want to tell the story of austin making it to the end and then getting screwed over by mcmahon uh but you still got this thing of there's a hundred count on austin's head so you get people fighting each other for the opportunity to fight right. Stone Cold or to throw out Stone Cold, but that didn't really come across. And at it was all a kind of it I, would have been a good way for people to be in a weird way saving Austin. So if you've got a guy who's on the verge of chucking him out, you're going to want to stop that because you want that. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. But that exactly. just seemed to so, there was no. But it didn't really it tell didn't that story. play into the match in any way, apart from the fact it gave commentators something to say. But it it there was yeah, it didn't yeah. impact at all. But I didn't think it was a disastrous rumble. Like I'm sure there's been worse mm. than that. I could be very wrong, but oh yeah, um, no, you're but just right. in terms of uh, the most. No, I mean, ahead, I, yeah. oh, no, no, just no, the no. only thing, just to reiterate what I said in terms of, I just couldn't think of one other person that had a shot of winning that rumble, which I don't know what that what that says, um, but about it, but yeah, that was that. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, I kind of enjoyed it in a weird way. It was. Uh, maybe maybe it was the ridiculousness of those overproduced bits that I was just like, this is insane. I have no idea what's going on, but this is just crazy. So, but yeah, I kind of I kind of enjoyed it for what it was. And weirdly, I I kind of lost 
track of myself of of kind of I I thought Vince was going to win it, and then for a period I was like, wait, no, Stone Cold's going to win this because he fights The Rock at Mania um, that year. But then I was like, oh. No, but I'm sure. And then I, it's a point where I was just really confused and I'm like wondering who was going to win. And then actually what I did, I checked up afterwards and then on what happens is on the Raw and the Monday that followed, Vince relinquishes his title shot um, at Mania because Rock's champion now. So Corporation's got the belt. Um, but Sean, who's the commissioner, says that there's this rule where if the winner of the Rumble pulls out, the runner-up gets the title shot. So that's how Stone Cold managed to get the title shot at Mania anyway. So, um, so yeah, it was all a bit contrived and a load of bollocks. But, hey, at least it was only two and two hours and a bit long <laughs> and not four hours. I think that that was my biggest takeaway from all of this. As poor as it was, at least it was short. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the the uh, the you know the whole Foley and Rock match does does save it yeah, somewhat. But I thought the Rumble itself was was absolutely dire. I mean, not not because you you are definitely invested in the whole Stone Cold versus McMahon storyline, and that was cool. It was very overproduced, as Inman said, but you know, at least you are following that and you're you're wanting to see how it plays out but everything else that was going on in the rumble was you just couldn't have you know it was just so dire and so uninteresting um that it it was yeah it it was so much filler and fluff and i i I, i'm trying to think of recent rumbles i mean I, i guess i guess it's not that unusual for that sort of thing to happen but yeah, as Imran said, you, you, who who else could you root for? What what what? Who were you supposed to be getting behind in this rumble apart from Stone Cold? I mean, who who else was supposed to be a, a contender? It was just Kurgan, Kurgan, Kurgan. It just felt like you all these jobbers and people that were at the end of their career or hadn't yet been given a significant push, because even even people like. Uh, you know, I always thought that this around this sort of time. Obviously, Triple H was getting um, was getting a, a good foothold in the company, and I thought Edge was, and you know, there, there were a few others, and I thought, okay, well, that, they're they're going to make this interesting, and they they didn't at all, really. They they played very sort of small, fleeting parts. In- yeah, I think I think Triple H, Triple H in particular, I think his time he still wasn't quite at that level yet. I think he. Towards like the end of 2000, I think is when he started to hit his stride a bit more. Yeah. I still think it was still a bit too early days for him at this point though. Cool. Okay. Well, um, thank you for your musings on this wonderful pay-per-view that we all had to endure. Um, I hope I didn't waffle on for too long and I hope I gave a, an accurate and fair description of the matches that took place. Thank you all for joining me this evening and we'll see you next time.